Some housing proposals in Louisville have sparked off a bit of a debate. We'll get into it next on the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Jason Thomas. What it is. Eleanor Tolbert. Hi. And Laurel Teppen. Hi there. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news, along with plenty of sharp opinions about what's going on here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh We'll start off here. We'll talk about some housing developments. Speaking of those sharp opinions, um, I, I want to talk about first this housing development uh, that's been proposed over in it's in the St. Matthews area, uh, Gilman's Point, right, Ellie? So what's happening there? Yeah. So um, LDG Development, which is a you know pretty active affordable housing developer in town, um, they've proposed uh, Gilman's Point. It's a 296 unit apartment complex. Um, and it's right off Westport Road. Uh, yeah, what's kind of interesting about this one is even though LDG specializes in affordable housing, um, this one is a market rate housing. So not something they right. uh, always do, but it's something they're getting into a little bit more. Um, I talked with Christy Laner Robinson over there, who's their executive vice president of communication. And she said that they're just trying to expand their portfolio in general. Um so they're kind of breaking into other types of housing, but yeah. yeah. And uh, this project also included a traffic circle, which is a trigger for many people, it turns out. Roundabout alert, roundabout alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she said that there's just like a weird traffic pattern there where you ha- you cross a train track and then get to an intersection. But since you just crossed the train track, there's no stop sign. So they're introduced this roundabout to kind of like improve that. And especially because there's going to be a lot more people there. There's going to be a lot more cars going through that area. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, nothing brings people out of their shells more than talk about a roundabout, man. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, um, I, when I enter a roundabout, I generally I, I am confused. But I think that is the point, is to slow you down and make <laughs> you watch what you're doing rather than, uh, uh, you know, flying right through there. So, like, when I'm in a roundabout, I'm, like, very closely paying attention to where I'm going. They're, statistically, they are safer than you know four-way intersections, and they move the traffic faster uh, because everyone like slows down and like starts looking at what they're doing. So, uh, so I don't have a problem with roundabouts, but oof, some people do. Yeah. Um, let me t- tell you about the Facebook debate that has occurred on on this story and another story you wrote, which we'll, we'll talk about in a few minutes. But um, as soon as you mentioned. LDG development, uh, people started getting on and and just saying, oh, cue the not in my backyard crowd to say we don't need any affordable housing. And like, this isn't an affordable housing project. It's just that it was LDG that was doing it. So so there was that. And then also there's always this, um, every time anyone mentions new apartments, there's this crowd of people that comes out and says, what about traffic? Traffic's already bad enough. And, you know, and they're actually addressing traffic now with this roundabout, but, but I don't think that's going to make that crowd of people happy. <laughs> so, um, and then the other story, and let me see here. 
the other story that you had that had really got people talking was this um this story you did about Alter Development Company. Um, so what, what's happening with that? Give me the details on that project and I'll kind of tell you what was being said about that one. Mm-hmm, yeah, so Alter Development and Realty Company, they are um, bringing 14 luxury townhomes uh, to a site off Brownsboro Road. Um, and so it's gonna be uh, condos and they're gonna be like duplexes. Um, and I think that they're gonna go for like 700,000 to 900,000 per home. Um, and I think one of the reasons people got a little heated about that one on Facebook or on social media is because um, the developer, he said, you know, there's just like a shortage of condos in Louisville. Like that's somewhere the the rate or the demand for condos in Louisville is way behind what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and people took that to be like, we don't need more luxury homes, which, you know, right. from what I've, I feel like I'm writing about apartments, you know, every week. <laughs> and from what all the apartment developers or, um, or how just housing in general, not just apartments, it seems like we're just have a, we have a demand for housing in general. That's, yeah. <laughs> that seems like what is going on, but um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like you've read through some of the comments, but um, or you've seen some of the comments about um, that story. But I think like the teaser text of that, first of all, like Facebook comments, you know, people are rude as hell online to each other, which I don't <laughs> think is acceptable. It's one thing I will like I act online the same way I act in person. Uh, and I don't think most people do. I think most people are nasty online. And this started a nasty debate about the need for affordable housing and who lives there. And um, and not that I, I disagree. There's definitely a need for affordable housing in Louisville. But um, the, the teaser text of this said Louisville's lacking these kind of homes. And then the headline was luxury townhomes coming to East End. And, uh, and a lot of the commentary was Louisville's not lacking these homes. Louisville, you know. Louisville doesn't need any more apartments. They're everywhere was one comment that was there. And then another person's like, we don't need luxury living spaces. We need more affordable housing options, which, you know, I'll agree that we do need more affordable housing options, but I think the demand for luxury living uh, spaces is definitely there too. So, um, and then it turns into a debate about homelessness because, you know, a lot of what's fueling, you know, the, this sharp, what seems like a sharp increase in homelessness, um, is the, the lack of housing. I mean, you can't live in Louisville, um, you know, on a, it, a lot of people can't afford to pay, you know, 14, $1,500 a month for rent. And, uh, that's what a lot of the market rate housing is fetching. So, uh, so that's, you know, that's behind some of the homelessness that we've seen in Louisville. It's like, I remember you used to be able to live in Louisville for $400 a month rent. Then it was 800. Now it's like 11 to 1500, you know? Uh, and I know inflation happens. So, you know, there's, there's going to be some rise in that, but I think that the, the rate at which that has risen um, has, uh, has gone up. Uh, Jason, what's your read on housing in Louisville? This seems to be a topic that we talk about. All yeah. In I mean, the office. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, kind of two different things there when you talk about rental housing and, you know, and the home, the home sales and the housing market. But, you know, mm-hmm. you talk a lot about how hot the, the housing market is. And yeah, sure it is, you know, but if you look at Louisville compared to nationally, you know, it's it's not sizzling hot like a, a most of the nation, like when you 
talk about places like Austin or, you know, the Northwest or California or, you know, even the East Coast, like Raleigh, those kind of places. But I mean, it's still, it's still definitely um, um, uh, very, very warm here, I guess, is a, is a good way to say it. You know, over the past two years, home sales are up 20%. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of variables involved with that. You know, the, the, um, you know, the inventory is super low. So, you know, it's driving up these, these prices, which is great. You know, if you're a homeowner, cause you build up equity, if you're, you know, these, these, these prices are skyrocketing, but if you're looking for a house, you know, it's, it's few and far between. So there's the inventory problem is starting to get better, but you know, it's still, um, uh, a problem when you're you know some, somebody like me yeah. who's looking to maybe move somewhere else wants to sell his house he can make you know a lot a, a nice profit from it but then it's a double-edged sword as we talked about before because now i'm in the same situation as those people looking for those homes with low inventory that mm-hmm. prices are skyrocketing so it's yeah. happening nationally it's happening here not quite as crazy as other places but it's, it's certainly happening here yeah well i think the uh the 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 apartment house crunch and the the single family home housing crunch they're related for sure because uh, a lot of people you know uh, it seems like a lot of people get mad when an apartment complex when anything is proposed i mean you propose a new subdivision uh and ellie you write about those too um you know we we get a ton of talk that we don't need that what about the traffic what about the flooding and i'm not saying the traffic and flooding aren't actual issues but housing is an actual issue too um well, they, you know, my, side, go ahead. Go on. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say related to that. You know, if you're in an apartment, you know, someday you maybe aspire to to buy a home. You haven't ever bought a home before. The real problem right now is first time home buyers are totally getting priced out of the market. That's happening here, but more so in other places. Like think about some cities that like the next the next big city of uh, uh, where to go uh, that's more affordable, but you know, a good place to live. That's maybe hot for, for a couple months. And then people are priced out of there because people move there and these, the home prices skyrocket. So it's a real challenge for these maybe apartment dwellers who maybe are young, like Laurel and Ellie or like, Hey, maybe one day I'd love to buy a house, but it's, it, you know, you're looking for those entry level first time home buyers. It's, it's a real challenge to find something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, it's, it's, two different things going on with, uh, with different types of construction, but, but at the same time, it's the same problem. There's not enough houses. There's not enough inventory for people to live. And, you know, uh, you know, maybe some people, I mean, I aspired to own, own a home when I was young, I guess when I like got into my late twenties, but when I was in my early twenties, I didn't really care. Like that didn't really cross my mind too much. Um, until I was like, Oh, I need investments. <laughs> you know, like that's when I started like, but uh, again, you know, they're, they're, if you're, if you're savvy, you, you make that choice, I think earlier in life. So anyway, uh, Ellie, one more thing you wrote about Hive this week, uh, always with the food talk here on this podcast. So, uh, Hive new grocery store, uh, coming to town, giving some Kroger, uh, giving Kroger a little, uh, competition. Uh, where's it going? Yeah, um, it's going in the South Point Commons um, retail development, which has been in the works since 2008, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it looks like a little bit of progress is being made on that. Um, I think this is the third development to be, or the third um, retailer to be named for the the retail development because 
I know Lowe's has been named. I think there's a Panera there that's already been built now. And then this is the third one. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, and that also sparked off the bait is, is Fern Creek South Louisville? That's, that's a question. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of an uh, interesting spot for the grocery store. Don't you think? Uh, it's well, Fern Creek's, uh, uh, well, um, there's a lot of uh, wealthy people in Fern Creek. So I think it makes sense. True. It's not, it's not uh, the East end, but uh, <laughs> so, you know, I think East end is the obvious place for a new grocery store. That's trying to cash in on Louisville's wealthier population. That's where mm-hmm. Publix is going. They're going out towards the old Henry road corridor uh, with their first location. They've got multiple locations and Ellen, uh, Eleanor predicted on the show earlier this year that they're going to have even more coming. So, um, yeah, I think they will. And I and I think it's interesting too because like both so both of the ones that Publix has introduced are in the East End, and now Hy-Vee has introduced you know South, well Southeast, but South Louisville. Um, so I wonder like if they're going to like keep their own territory or what, what public's plan is. I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. I, I'm interesting, interested to see all these uh, grocery store, like, you know, maybe they'll get into fights like on uh, mm-hmm. Anchorman with uh, the different newsrooms, maybe, like <laughs> yeah. grocery store wars. Um, Jason, uh, what do you think about the, uh, the grocery competition here in Louisville? And, and you guys feel free to chime in. Are you happy to see this? Yeah, man, more the better. Come on. Yeah, Kroger, Kroger has this monopoly here. I'm ready yeah. for some, for some <laughs> new stuff. I'm, I want, I want, uh, grocery stores with, with bars in them. I can get my craft beer and there's, 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 there's a few of those around here, but you know, I, I, say, I definitely got to up our game, man. It's a uh, couple of them have that going yeah. on. I don't, I don't shop at those stores, but I've, I've heard about it. <laughs> Up there once. <laughs> I just wish there were more grocery stores in like the Highlands and Nulu and downtown because it's Definitely. like, do you want to go to this super crowded Kroger or this super crowded Kroger? Know. You know, and like I, well, I mean, of course I want Trader Joe's to be closer to me, but just like it, more grocery stores in general would be better for this. I agree. And, and they always, uh, and you know what? I bet if somebody proposed an urban Kroger, there'd be a big fight about parking <laughs> and traffic, um, you know, because the, I think that's maybe what holds Kroger back. They don't want to deal with the downtown uh, traffic and parking situation because, um, you know, Walmart had this situation where they tried to build a store on 10th street or no, excuse me on Broadway at 10th street. And they were going to put the parking in the front, like every Walmart. And, uh, and they got into a zoning fight about it and said, and, you know, a group started protesting the store and said, no, the parking needs to be in the back and it needs to be up close to the road. Like, you know, like a downtown building is usually up close to the road and the parking is in the rear. Uh, and it turned into uh, Walmart walking away from the project because that was a very famous Louisville fail uh, from, you know, years ago, because I think a lot of people were just happy to see Walmart go into this spot at Broadway and 10th. Or wait, maybe it's 18th and Broadway, excuse me, um, because uh, because they wanted to see some development there in the West End. But uh, uh, we get into a lot of fights in this city about zoning and parking and traffic. Um, you got well, Every, every gotta time we talk it. about downtown, like, you know, what does downtown need? What's one of the first things that everybody says? It's always grocery store, store, right? right? <laughs> but then again, you know, it's like it goes back to the affordable housing debate and, you know, uh, the apartments downtown, these upscale apartments, like you mentioned earlier, who's going to afford these $1,400, $1,500 you know, mm-hmm. $1, rents? So it's, 
Oh, it's it's a it's a tough nut to crack, man. Yeah, it is. It is. Um. Anyway, we'll move on. We'll talk. Uh, we'll switch gears. We'll talk a little bit about Norton Healthcare. Speaking of investment in the West End, uh, you went to a huge press conference this week, Laurel, and uh, uh, and it was from Norton. So what all's going on over there? Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about the lack of resources in the West End with like the grocery store conversation, but healthcare is another big, um, big issue in that area. And um, a hospital hasn't been built in the West End for more than 100 years until now. <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty much the, the big thesis of that um, press conference. Yeah, but um, Norton Healthcare and Goodwill are building this whole campaign campus that's going to include, um, you know, a new hospital, I believe off the top of my head, it's 26 beds, um, might have to fact check that. Um, and there's also going to be Goodwill's facility there, um, which is going to be called the Opportunity Campus. That's going to have a bunch of different businesses um, just to provide support. Um, And I think the thing that was most interesting about this is these leaders went in and surveyed um, individuals who live in the West End and asked, you know, what are your greatest needs? And they kind of based that project around this. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting to see, um, you know, a hundred million dollar development um, in the West End. Like Jason just opine on that. You know, what yeah, is the uh, that's that's really substantial. When we saw that come across this week, it was like, whoa, we got to yeah. get this out. So. That was a real eye opener. I mean, it's pretty amazing what's happening in the West End right now, isn't it? I mean, look yeah. at what happened in the past couple of years with the with the Norton Sports Complex, and I was looking at Twitter, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and Sadiqa Williams was talking about you know, is how amazing that complex is. And they hosted their first nationally televised event on, on ESPN, man, the West end getting some, you know, some major love with the, mm-hmm. with the, with that complex. And, you know, you have the village at West Jefferson that Ellie, you know, Eleanor wrote about it, you know, a couple months ago. And, you know, you look at this and what's coming in the next five years is, and you, there's a lot of talk about, you know, removing that nine street divide to even, you know, uh, there's some projects in the works to, you know, with waterfront park going West and getting rid of that, that nine street barrier there. So it's, there's really a lot of momentum and synergy. It seems like happening yeah. and it's, it's a long time coming, you know? Yeah. And a lot of, uh, like you said, momentum from people, different organizations, large and small, trying to make a difference keep pushing. I know there's a ton of cynicism out there. And like, like I said, Facebook's a nasty place. People say nasty <laughs> things there, but you know, you know, I, I really hope this keeps going like, yeah. you know, to, to see this kind of investment. I mean, and, and you know, we do story about Norton a hundred million dollars, but there's other stuff like Jason, I just sent you an email about, um, you know, some, just some small investments that are being made in black owned businesses. And, you know, it's awesome to see. So yeah, it's good to see it at different levels. So. Yeah. It, it is great to see that, but yet you really have to hand it to Norton though, too, for, you know, putting their money where their mouth is. Cause a lot of it can just be talk, but you know, with their investment with the sports complex and now this one and the health, you know, the health equity Institute that's there at the village of West Jefferson, uh, uh, Eleanor and Laurel have both written about, you know, it's, it takes those, those big investments to, to you know, to move the needle. It, it takes them all, but though you need those, those big names like in Norton and, you know, up in Indy, you have Lily that doing everything. So it's, it's good to see, you know, these, yeah. these, these big companies, you know, or nonprofits or organizations yep. really get, get involved. 
for sure. And uh, it'll be cool to watch this project develop. So mm-hmm. um, let's see here. One more Norton story. Outside of the way to the West End, way to the east of here. Um, I think that's to the east, right? Um, Norton cyber attack. Norton was cyber attacked this week at one of his facilities. So, uh, Laura, what happened there? Yeah, well, we we don't really know that much. You know, granted, it's a security issue. Um, but Norton actually recently sponsored this facility that was established in Madison, Indiana, called King's Daughter's Health. Um, the possessives there are kind of hard to say, so you'll have to excuse <laughs> yeah. me for, for stuttering through that one. Yeah, so um, basically there was a cybersecurity threat. Um, they reported it to law enforcement, and then they um, hired some cybersecurity experts to check it out. Um, as far as they know, this only affected the King's Daughter's Health facility, um, and they're they're cooperating, but for right now, they don't have some internet services, including email. But they're yeah. still serving patients, and everything else seems to be on on mark. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. Uh, you see these stories about cyber attacks, and that can affect healthcare, especially with as much of healthcare as going to telemedicine. And oh yeah, uh, I know that usually when I'm communicating with my doctor, I do it through an app. You know, <laughs> I uh, you know that's and I don't know if those services were specifically disrupted, but, uh, uh, that could be very disrupted for, you know, fill, refilling prescriptions and that sort of thing. So, all right. Well, just we think will... how much we rely on the internet, you know, in, in uh, cyberspace. Yeah. Oh, it's and kind of scary to think with Russia. I know. And, <laughs> or like, we're not, at war, but, uh, but you know, Electronic they, they do cyber attacks. They know how to do that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it is kind of weird. So, um, anyway, uh, we will wrap it up there. Um, before we go, let's uh, go around the room here, share some social media handles. Uh, Laurel, since you were the last one talking, I'll go with you on this one. Okay. Well, my name is Laurel Deppin and I'm under Laurel Deppin on LinkedIn and my Twitter is BF Lou Laurel. All right. And Jason, where can people find you online? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram under Scoop Thomas and on LinkedIn at Jason Thomas. All right. Eleanor, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BFLU Eleanor, and you can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Eleanor Tolbert. All right. You can find me under my name, David A. Mann on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram under the name DMAN3001. Uh, if you like this podcast, you can find it on popular podcast services, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that I tried really hard not to say the word podcast during that sentence, which I usually say like 16 times. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you very much, Laurel, Jason, and Eleanor. Thank you guys for listening to us at home, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.